0: Hi, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And I
1: am her husband, EJ (laughs) Kerwin.
0: And as always, we're just so grateful to our listeners and all of the feedback we're getting. It warms my heart for sure knowing that we are helping so many couples and individuals learn how to be in a healthy relationship. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Absolutely. And today is another episode that's definitely prompted by a listener's email. Yeah. And uh, I just want to kind of share a little bit about this person's email. You know, they they basically reached out after our podcast on resentment. And they were just, you know, sort of sharing that, like, look, this is something that me and my partner are really trying to work through, that we've gone to couples therapy for this. We've both done our individual therapy. This person was taking a lot of accountability for, he's like, you know, there's ways in which I've hurt my partner over the years. And it definitely triggers some of her individual struggles. And, you know, you could tell from the email that they're moving forward, but it's difficult. You know, this work is really difficult. And he, I want to read this part, he said, you know, it might be useful to, to let listeners know what to expect when they begin counseling, how can they prepare and how do they get the most out of it or any advice that we might have to people about the therapeutic process. And we thought this would be a good, just sort of general podcast on beginning either couples or individual therapy.
0: Where do we want to start with? Then?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think the basis that I think is really important is just why do people come to therapy? And we talk to people in, in our very first session. We always set like sort of a, an idea of why they're here and, and what the process is going to be like. So what do you see, Tara? Why do people come to therapy?
0: I mean, I would say there's many reasons, either something really difficult has happened in their life and they have no idea how to move forward and maybe they feel really stuck. So that's one reason. Uh, Another reason might be, you know, having a lot of conflict in the relationship. And that could be with a partner, that could be with a family member, that could be with your child. I've also seen, you know, a lot of people who struggle with body image and insecurity and low self-esteem and they're kind of tired of living that way. And, you know, they just kind of wake up one day and like, I'm just going to give this a shot. I have no idea what to expect, but like this isn't sustainable anymore. So whatever is happening in a person's life, when they start to seek therapy, to me, what I found is. The way I am right now, the way I feel, the way my life looks does not feel sustainable. I can no longer do this. And then there's that rare account where someone's like, you know, I'm actually doing really well and I just want to like really make a commitment to self-love and growth or a couple coming in like, actually we're great. We just wanna make sure we have all of the things that we need in order to like set us up for success. Again, that's more rare and that's okay. Would we like more of that? For sure. You can never stop growing and you can always learn more about yourself. But that's what I see people approaching therapy with.
1: Yeah, I mean, the big thing that jumped out at me about what you said was when couples come and individuals come to therapy, you know, when there's disruption you know, when there are dynamics, either internally, just inside themselves, there's such like a lack of ease and a sense of suffering that they're like, I have to do things differently. You know, I got to find a different way. And in couples, it's almost always that like, there's a dynamic that has gotten to the point where it's just not working. You know, we cannot find our ways around these obstacles. And oftentimes, unfortunately, when people come into counseling is also when it's gotten so bad that the only way around the obstacle that they're beginning to see is leaving, Yeah, you know, is ending the relationship. You know, I mean, how many times have we heard over the years, like, if this doesn't work, it's done. It's done. So, but I, I do agree with Tara. There's like this spectrum from a, from a couple who's like, does want to do optimization, you know, just wants to kind of see if they can continue to be better. And then all these gradations up to a couple who's like, if this doesn't work, it's over. Yeah. And so I think it's also, it's important to just normalize to everybody out there that, that you can be anywhere on that spectrum, literally anywhere on that spectrum and still get something really positive out of going to the therapy.
0: Yes. And I know that there are, many therapists out there and we all do, you know, our own unique ways of developing a therapeutic relationship with a client and we all have our own specialties. So it's going to be hard to speak from like a broader therapist range. All I know is I can speak for like what I do in my own individual and couple sessions. And again, to break it down for me individually, I know when I'm working with an individual client. I always start with knowing their story, right? And so I always do what's called a genogram, which I get like a lot of family information through about three generations just to see certain patterns have been passed on generationally. And then I get a timeline of birth until how old they are now presenting to me. So I can get a really good understanding of who they were, as uh, their temperament as a toddler, how they coped with stressful situations, how their parents coped really to get a good understanding of their internal emotional landscape. And also like what emotions do they kind of cut off from? What emotions do they want to experience? What emotions do they have a hard time experiencing? And then my specialty is more the cognitive behavioral techniques. And so I'm doing a constant flow of reframing negative core beliefs into healthy, positive core beliefs. And so I know that I have done a good job when it's not like, you know, every box is checked off and I feel great in this, this, this. I always say like, what did you get out of today's session? Or if we're ending our individual therapy, like what is something that you've really gained from this experience? And Usually, most often the answer is, I've learned how to be compassionate to myself. And right there is, that is the work that I do with clients, because when people can be compassionate to themselves, everything feels a little bit more manageable. They're not relying on external factors, whatever, to make them feel okay. They, at, an, at a very core place, like, I can handle this. I'm important I'm safe. So that's kind of my approach.
1: I mean, I think like at the beginning of what Tara was talking about was, again, what to expect when you come to therapy. You know, she talked about one of the tools she uses is the genogram and timeline and is understanding sort of where a person came from, right? And I think that's one thing that you can expect at the beginning of therapy is there's a lot of discovery, you know, and different therapists are going to do that in different way. And some therapists do a lot of paperwork, and they they ask you to to fill things out. And they might have you do a battery of, you know, some tests and stuff. If you see a psychologist, you might have somebody who like gives you tests. But the biggest thing that, that they're doing really, at the beginning is they're trying to get an idea of, of who you are as a person. The other thing like, on your side as a client coming in that I see a lot is I just think that there's a certain amount of nervousness. You know, yeah. I think that most people when they come into therapy, especially couples, is that there's some anxiety around the fact of like, what is going to happen?
0: What am I going to get called out on?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you, well, what do you see to you when like we start off with a couple? What do you notice when they sit down in that first session?
0: I notice a lot of, I want to say cautiousness. I almost said defensiveness, but that's not true. It's cautious, maybe guarded. And so I think you and I are really good at creating uh, safety fairly quickly because we do a lot of normalization and our first thing we always start with is we have feeling wheels on our table, like, Hey, as you sit here today and it's your first session, like, how are you feeling? And really helping them normalize it. Like, yeah, this is like this brave, scary thing you're undertaking. And of course you're feeling anxious. And I just think if they feel not judged, the more a therapist can provide, really it's that. Unconditional positive regard, like no matter what a client or a couple is bringing to you, like all of it is okay. We can hold space for that. That that quickly moves into a very safe rapport, where then you you'll notice that cautiousness, that guardedness, starts to decrease. And then we're really good at pointing that out too. Like notice noticed in the first session, you guys were like sitting on opposite ends of the sofa and maybe your hands were crossed or your arms are crossed. And like, wow, our third session in, you guys are like sitting together and you're holding hands while we're talking about difficult moments. And so we even help them see how they're, just even their body language has shifted into like a more relaxed state.
1: Yeah, I mean, and so- People come in with a lot of a lot of sometimes fear, you know, I think in sometimes in individual counseling, I think there sometimes is a little more of a relief because you're finally sitting in front of somebody who like hopefully is gonna help you mm-hmm. and then maybe you can open up about things that you maybe haven't had anybody to open up about. I think that even with couples, they experience the same thing. Like I know sometimes, you know, we do like a half hour consultation, right, Mm -hmm. which is just literally just getting some basic information about what's going on with the couple and then us sharing about our programs, right? And we have couples who then come in and begin after they do their consultation and a high percentage of them will say like – you know, things have been kind of better in this last week or two. And I think it's what Tara was saying about hope.
0: Yes. I was just going to go there. That's so great. That the
1: beginning of couples counseling can instill just a little bit of like, all right, maybe things can be better.
0: And I can't tell you how many times, whether it's individuals coming in or couples And they've been to like a therapeutic experience before and it was like, oh, the therapist told us we weren't going to work out or that we should file for divorce. And there are some therapists that are pretty direct in that way. The one thing I really try to do is when someone comes in and they're not in a place where they can hold hope, I hold that hope for them because I've seen what therapy and what emotional safety and healing can do. I'm so passionate about it. And I believe it so much that they believe in that hope and they pick up on that versus, you know, a therapist saying like, I don't know, like, why do you guys really think that this can work? I'm like, of course this can. And you know what? Even if you don't, you guys are gonna be better people at the end of this process anyway. So let's just go on this freaking roller coaster ride.
1: I think that's- Hold on tight. That's a defining- Element of how we work with individuals and couples and I think that even if it's not necessarily as front as we take it you can walk into therapy or couples counseling. With this objective. And what we say to couples is like, look, no matter what happens in this process, if you show up and you really take a compassionate but direct look at yourself and invest in your personal growth, there's a high likelihood we can work your relationship out and help you guys have the tools to be closer together to get what you want out of your relationship. But regardless of that, you can come out of this better. Even if you're, you know, wherever in Timbuktu and you're going into couples counseling, if you just like walk into that and you and your partner just say like, hey, what we are committed to here is becoming our best selves. And hopefully this process will bring us together. But you know, at one point we were really crazy about each other and we really just wanted the best for each other. Let's try to reconnect with that by committing to getting better each individually.
0: And I also want to say, I hope I'm not going off topic too, but If you guys out there have had like a negative experience with a therapist, a jaded experience, someplace where you felt judged or you felt like this doesn't feel safe, don't let that jade you or keep you or prevent you from going and trying to find who is your best fit. Because there are incredible therapists everywhere, but you want to make sure it's a good fit for you because everybody has a different fit and you can do interviewing. Like you can call around, ask. You can ask certain questions. You want to make sure that they feel comfortable and really use like, you know, that intuition in the first couple sessions. Like if this feels really good, go with it. If something feels off, I even say, I know it's hard to be vulnerable, but like you can even tell the therapist, like, Something's just not feeling right because sometimes being honest in that way, that therapist can actually help you understand what's really happening. So, you know, it's just, it's important to not let any negative experiences you might have had in therapy before predict what that might look like in the future. Because again, like we've seen people excel to great lengths and they've, you know, they're like, I never wanted to do therapy again. This was awful. da. <sighs> like so glad that you like came out and were brave enough to do this again after having some difficult experiences or, or maybe you went to couples counseling and it turned out really bad, not because of the therapist, because it just was a shit show. So yeah, like be your own detective in finding a therapist that's a good fit for you. And your gut will tell you, like, I always say, just trust your gut. Your gut will tell you. And, um, a therapist, you know, to me, a therapist in the first or second session, I always say this, like, listen, if you feel like this isn't a good fit, let's be honest in here. Like, this is your time. This is your money, you know, because a lot of times people will kind of put therapist in the like power chair, if you will. And that's not going to be a healthy relationship, right? Because you're trying to be someone that you think the therapist needs you to be. And so letting the therapist or the therapist letting you know, like, hey, if you feel like this isn't a good fit, or if you have any concerns around your goals, if you don't think we're making progress, like, hey, I want to know this is a collaborative effort. And I want us to be able to be really honest in here because that therapeutic relationship is the primary source of vulnerability. And then you take that emotional safety and that vulnerability from that session and you start to generalize it outside of the therapeutic session. So you really wanna make sure that you have that honest, vulnerable relationship with that therapist that's a good fit for you. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna recap a little bit. So oh, we've said this before and, and Tara like really reiterated this very clearly is like make sure that you're like a consumer about yes. about going into therapy, that you look around, that you talk to a few people, that you make sure they sort of speak in a way that you can connect with. And, you know, that maybe their theoretical background you you're sort of aligned with, or at the very least you sit down and you're like, Oh, this I'm comfortable with this person. You know, so make sure you get a therapist that you feel comfortable with, right? And then you're walking in the door with a growth mindset of like, look, I'm just going to take yeah. this experience and I'm going to use it as best I can to become the best person I can be. I know I don't have total control over the other person and how they do that. But if we can come in together in couples counseling, if you can come in together both with that mindset, you increase the likelihood that things are going to go pretty well. And then when you get there that you're sort of open to the experience, right? You mm-hmm. know. And here's the next level of it of like, because one one of his questions was, how to get the most out of it?" And I think this this oh, yeah. is like, you got to do work between the sessions. you know mm-hmm. that's that's huge, right? Do you want to talk about that, T?
0: So, I mean, again, every therapist is different and they're going to give you, like I'm constantly like asking people what their goal is for the next time I see them or based on whatever session happened that day or in that hour, I'll say, hey, maybe over the next week, like journaling or maybe over the next week, you're going to have a mantra or whatever it might be. But that really holding the client accountable and then when they come in that following week, hey, I know that your assignment was to write a letter to your dad, right? Let's just say we're doing this grieving thing and dad has passed and there was still some anger there and, and the client either did or didn't do it, right? But when you're checking in and kind of holding the client accountable, they start to be like, actually, this might be really important. And so then every week, right? It's like, oh gosh, that's right. Tara and I, like we talked about this intention and I identified a goal. The client identified the goal, and you'll see this, I don't want to say quicker progress, but you'll just see a more consistency in the progression of meeting those goals versus just using that 50 minutes for an individual session every week, but not doing anything outside of it.
1: Yeah, no, no that's that's huge because... A lot of what the way I look at therapy is it can be very insight based. You know, you have this other person who's hopefully providing you a perspective and and showing you things that you might not be quite seeing clearly, right? And a lot of times you have those aha moments. Like I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting with a client, they're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way, or I didn't see that, right? But if you don't take that insight. And spend some time with it because, you know, our emotional and cognitive and, and behavioral life is like a Rubik's cube, you know, it's not solved from one direction, you know, you got to turn that thing around and you got to look for patterns, right? And so if you take that insight and you come out of the therapy session and you then spend some time thinking about like, gosh, every time my partner does this, I do that. Wow. And I don't even choose to do that. Like what like oh my goodness, like okay, well like what do I yeah. do that? Is that the way I wanna be? And and why am I doing that? And how can I become a little bit more aware of it? You know, that that you have some sort of process that you engage with individually, and then maybe even as a couple in the time between sessions that keeps the ball moving forward into that next session. So it's not like you're just like having an insight and just hoping that it sort of like naturally organically changes you that happens a little bit, but not near as much as if you go home, you write that insight down, you journal about it, you talk to a friend about it, you check in with your Older parent, and like, have you noticed this about me? You know, and then you come back to your partner and you say, like, God, I learned this. And then your partner's like, Oh my gosh, like they're like working on themselves. That feels great, you know?
0: Yeah, the goal is just like week by week, a little bit more awareness, a little bit more mindfulness, and then you can come into who you need to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to say one thing too you wanna go to a therapist that has a specialty in what's happening for you. So let's just say you know that you have some trauma, you want to go to someone who specializes in trauma. If you want to go to marriage counseling or relationship counseling, that you want to go to a therapist that specializes in marriage relationship counseling. If you are struggling with an eating disorder, you want to go with someone that's specializing in an eating disorder depression anxiety you just want to make sure that the therapist education and background and experience matches what those symptoms are for you and that it's a good fit in that arena yeah absolutely right
1: and a great tool is psychology today if you oh, do yeah. if, if you do a google search for psychology today it's like a registry of therapists and and gosh like every therapist in america practically is on it and you can type in your zip code you know what mm-hmm. type of therapy you're looking for there's you know and then certain yeah. symptoms
0: family therapy yep. couples ADHD Asperger's or autism I mean you name it they people will list their specialties and again being the consumer you can call them hey what's your specialty what type of modality, right? Like cognitive behavioral, EMDR, client-centered, like what kind of modality do you use? Maybe you're someone that loves homework. Well, that's more of a cognitive behavioral therapist. Maybe you're someone that just needs that safe space, right? That's more of like a client-centered Rogerian therapist, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bore you guys. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully this has been useful. I mean, you know, it's uh it 's kind of a scary process for a lot of people, and it's it 's very unknown you know we 've been doing it a while, and so we, we're so comfortable with it and I think we forget sometimes until I sit next to or in front of a client that's coming in for the first time of just mm-hmm. how like it can be a little bit daunting and it can be a little bit intimidating, but it can also be just yeah. this like amazing journey for you as an individual, maybe for you as a couple that just like sort of unbinds you and it and, and makes you yeah. much more maneuverable in dealing with, you know, there's always going to be, Obstacles, yes, you know, but insight and awareness and moving past old wounds gives us this ability to to move in a lot more free of a manner, and it's it's incredible.
0: Yes. imagine at a core level that during times of extreme distress, of grief, of hardship, that at a core level, you have this secure feeling of trust in yourself that you can handle whatever happens. That is freedom right there, right? That is living a life not being hijacked by fear, And empowerment and joy and that is the gift of therapy. Yeah. So thank you for listening. We're so honored to have all of our listeners here.
1: Yeah. Thank you again for you know to that listener for giving us a direction and and hopefully it was useful. Thank you so
0: much for your kind, kind email. And all your questions.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, if there's any, again, any specific topics you all would like to hear us talk about or any certain therapies you'd like us to give a, a, a breakdown and a deeper understanding of, we'd be happy to, we'll get somebody in here. If we don't know it well, we'll get somebody who does. Absolutely.
0: And, we and we share love guest speakers. some great speaker.
1: information. Yeah. So please, you know, follow us on Instagram. We are at relationship underscore renovation. You can like us on Facebook at he said, she said counseling, or you can search for relationship renovation on Facebook. And don't forget to also check us out on TikTok. We are relationship renovation.
0: And if you have questions or feedback, send us an email at info at he said, she said counseling dot com. All right. As always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.
1: Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we.